guys, welcome back to another ESL podcast. I'm your host, Arsenio, as usual, and I'm bringing to you today some more reading. You know what? I had to read over this text a number of times to figure out if I've actually heard about this at some given point in time because I felt like I had done this before. So then I looked back at it and I said, no, this is one of the things, the reading material that I actually did for one of my students. So what I'm gonna do, of course, is recite this paragraph out loud so you guys can hear my intonation. And then we're going to speak about what I had just read about. So this text, of course, out of Gateway C1, and this text is called, Are You One of Tomorrow's Trendsetters? So without further ado, guys, this is a long text and I'm going to have to present with you so much different types of intonation. So I hope you guys like this one because again, Saturday, we have a very wonderful podcast coming up with Katrina Gleisberg, of course. And then after that, we have another one coming up on Sunday. First ever Chinese friend that I met. She's going to be coming on as the international guest speaker. So Guys, so excited about those podcasts, but until then, let's hurry up and dive into this one. So, without further ado, let's get into this. Imagine future you, perhaps in two years from now. Will you be munching on the latest trendy snack bought from a street food stall in a district that's recently become hip and glancing at your smartwatch to activate a video chat with your friends? Will your choice of clothes be modeled on the looks sported by American hip-hop artists? Or will you be paying close attention to Fashion Week in London, Milan, and Paris? Current catwalk collections indicate that for next season, it's going to be turtlenecks and leopard prints for the girls. For the boys, many designers appear to be favoring an unusual orangey-brown, not a color that has traditionally had great consumer appeal. It remains to be seen as to whether items in this hue fly off retailer shelves or, as seems far more likely, end up in a mountainous pile in the sale bin. But recently, many Europeans have begun to look further afield for inspiration, in particular towards Japan. At the forefront, of cutting-edge fashion, Japan develops new trends at a rate that's hard to keep up with. Just check out the vlog of any Japanese fashionista. Still, it's striking that so many new trends these days are recycled, or at least are earlier ideas. So how do trends spread? A lot of it has to do with social influence, and that's not just true of clothing. How else can you explain the sudden rise of world's most unappetizing vegetable, kale? It's constantly making unwelcome appearances in soup, smoothies, salads, and probably someone somewhere is adding it to chocolate. It can't be that people really love these bitter leaves. They just wanna keep up with everyone else. But let's pin down exactly what we mean by a fashion trend. It doesn't refer to something that goes in and out of fashion in the blink of an eye and never returns. That would be considered a fad. Best avoided by any self-respecting fashionista, but such things will keep popping up to torment us. A fashion trend, on the other hand, 
will emerge, catch on, and then evolve. It will be adapted by successive generations and by different cultures. It may even take on a life of its own, far beyond the expectations of its creators. See, a variety of factors can lead to the birth of a new fashion trend, one being the drive for socio-political change. For example, the hippies of the 1960s would wear denim and dungarees. Is that how you pronounce it? Dungarees or dungarees? It's so funny because I just saw... Uh, 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 sorry, I'm just going to stop this real quick. I just saw the famous NFL player tight end, Shannon Sharp. Love watching him because he's just full of energy and full of life. He mentioned that just two days ago, and people commented in the comment section saying that's what the underground railroad people, of course, you know, Coot DeKente and Harriet Tubman, that's what they were wearing back when they, you know, when, oh, I got to watch that movie, by the way. But anyways, I have no idea what these are. I'm going to have to, of course, Google them. And then I'm going to figure out what they are. And if you guys want to figure out what they are, they go by the, let me spell this out for you. D-U-N-G-A-R-E-E-S. And you guys will know. Now, again, this is the 1960s. So anyways, let's get back into this text. As a symbol of their belief in working class attitudes and used to buy these secondhand to demonstrate their anti-consumerism stance. During this period, fashion houses kept a close eye on what young urbanites were wearing and were always passing off outfits previously worn by hippies as original fashion designs. These were then replicated by high street stores who sold them in bulk to the middle class, who were keen to keep up with the latest fashions. Certainly, these shoppers were unaware of their clothing's political origins. Then punk came along and was very much a rebellion against authority, but also against the hippie era. So trends often react against each other. In the UK in the 1980s, for example, women wanted to project an image of wealth would shop for pearl necklaces and fabrics covered with sequins. Young men that wouldn't have dreamt of wearing gold earrings a few years earlier for fear or public ridicule suddenly required them as a mainstream accessory, as a way of fitting in. Then the 90s arrived, and with them came sleek minimalism and simplicity, dismissing the previous decade of design extravagance. Go back even further to the 18th century and the French Revolution, and we have a more dramatic example of such rejection. See, those who were pro-revolution would identify themselves by wearing the ankle-length trousers of the working class. It then became potentially dangerous to wear knee breeches in public as these were associated with the arist aristocratic, oh my God, aristocratic, there we go. Oh my God, aristocracy, but aristocratic. See, these goddamn words with the noun and the adjective endings that have like five syllables really get me. Aristocratic. Okay, there we go. Arist aristocratic values. Oh my God. Anyways, going into the next one. Of course, there have been periods in history where imitating the monarchy used to be the thing to do. While the craze for coffee made slow progress with the court of Louis Louis Vuitton, no, I'm kidding, Louis the Ninth of France, the next king 
Louis the I'm bullshitting. Louis the Fourteen, the next king, Louis the Fifteen. I can't even read no Roman numerals. I'm all over the place right now. Was rumored to spend the equivalent of fifteen thousand a year importing coffee beans. The taste for the bitter brew filtered down from the top layers of society all the way to the common folk. An even earlier example would be the white powdered wigs first worn by Louis the Thirteen. Initially less a fashion statement and more practical accessory to hide his baldness. These were soon taken up by the wealthy across Europe. They were discarded in France once the revolution was underway, and no one wanted to draw attention to the aristocratic heritage. In England, the explanation for their disappearance was more mundane. The government had introduced a wig powder tax. Holy shit. I cannot believe that. Anyways, <laughs> boy, I'm telling you, we're living in beautiful times right now. Let's get back into this. Immediately driving down demand. Much later on in the 1920s and 30s, Hollywood celebrities replaced royalty as international fashion icons. For ordinary people gazing up at the silver screen, the sharp suits and pencil-thin mustaches of well-groomed leading males and the flattering dresses and immaculate makeup of leading ladies represented a lifestyle to aspire to. This period was not only the golden age of Hollywood, but also the f the of the fashion. Oh my God, what is going on here? No, don't mess up my audio. Anyways, that was a bad girl. So here we go. Let's get back into that. The immaculate makeup of leading ladies represented a lifestyle life style to aspire to. Breathe in, breathe out. This period was not only the golden age of Hollywood, but also of the fashion magazine and the beauty expert, providing advice to those who saw a fashion as a means to move up in the world. And to top this off with the last paragraph, in recent years, while celebrities are still influential, a new trend has also begun, thanks to digital photography. Ordinary people are uploading photos of themselves to social media, modeling their fashion designs and looks, sometimes all put together on a shoestring. In a sense, the world of fashion has become more democratic. You no longer require an expensive marketing campaign to establish your name, just the genuine ability to create something original. And that is the end. Oh my God, can you imagine? These trends, like I told you guys about, what is it, the disco trend in the last podcast? It was ridiculous, wasn't it? I mean, people, they do things to just set out, like I told you about the Supremes, right? I think it's just very interesting what has happened, you know, dating back to the 18th century, leading into the 1960s to 70s. It was all in spite, almost, of what other people thought of them. You know, again, the hippies, the tie-dye shirts. They classify themselves as hippies is not what I'm saying. But I just think it's all so interesting that a lot of people would talk about such things or do such things that relate to themselves in derogatory ways. You know, the labels, the labels. And so I remember back in the 1990s, I'm going to tell you the most pivotal era of fashion design, especially when I was growing up. Um, it had to be the 2002 to 2004 hip hop era. This is when everyone loved wearing the very, very long shirts. You know, I remember back in 2002, I would see 
the majority of African-Americans at my school, they would wear a jersey of any team. And then they would wear some matching pants. So if they had like a North Carolina, Carolina blue, which is kind of like sky blue or a little bit lighter than that, they would wear pants that have almost the same color, but a little fade near the knee area to indicate, you know, here's the white and it matches with the white on the jersey. Followed up by with some Air Force Ones, which were relatively cheap back in the day, probably 40 to 60 US dollars. That would be considered hip. And you know what? A lot of people, they would end up wearing that everywhere. You would see that in the movies, the You Got Served, the, the Eminem era, the this, the that. And it would continue into about 2005 when everyone just said, okay, well, it's the end of that era. In 2004, junior year of high school, the most successful year of my track and field life and one of the most interesting years because, you know, one of my childhood friends, we had a big fallout who I had, who I had known for four years prior to that. And all I did was just stay home all day. I just watched TV. I didn't do anything for about four or five months. I didn't talk to that guy. And we never really got close again. Somewhat we did, but nonetheless, it was a big fallout because a lot of things had happened and we were just going to get in a fight. So let's just put it that way. Now, going into that year, I bought a UNLV jersey. First time I worked, I painted a ceiling for literally, oh my God, 10 hours in a day. It was the most depressing thing ever. Guys, again, back in 2004, no phones, no nothing. I was basically off and out of contact with the world. And you know what? I got paid next to nothing. Oh, but you know what? An even more interesting story was the guy who paid me was actually an illegal immigrant, unfortunately. He was from El Salvador. And all of a sudden, probably about five years, between three to five years after that, immigration came knocking on his door and took him away. His son, his children who I have known since probably 1996, um, they've been living without their father ever since. But again, they are older and whatnot. But it's just amazing that, you know, I ended up taking up a job where, you know, this specific individual, he was, he, you know, he was an illegal migrant, but he was just making a living to support his family. You know what I mean? Just crazy. But I remember with that salary that I had in a day, I think I ended up going to, uh, this mall to buy a UNLV jersey because that's when I really started loving UNLV basketball. Surprise, surprise. Three years later, they go to the Sweet 16, university basketball nonetheless. But I ended up taking up this fashion era. I bought that UNLV jersey right before school started. I had these pants and I bought these Air Force Ones and I had the, of course, the the hat to go along with it. So funny, man. So, so funny. Um, I ended up, the, the jersey I actually bought, uh, the guy, Jarrell Blassingame, he ended up being at the gym. I mean, not the gym, the barbershop one day when I was getting a haircut in 2004, 2005. And so I met him for the first time. Really nice guy. Uh, and I had his jersey. So funny. Can you imagine if you're, if you're sitting there and a guy walks in, you know, wearing your jersey in support of you and you're like, Oh, well, he doesn't know who I am. And the next thing you know, I end up asking a question and that's him. It's just too funny. Uh, nonetheless, guys, I've taken up different fashion. Of course, after coming back from college and going back to college uh, at, what is it, in Las Vegas back in 2007 to do up a, like a dental certificate, a dental assisting certificate, um, I ended up switching up all that long, you know, the long jersey, the this, the that. I, well, you know what, that just completely changed in college in general because no one really wore that anymore. And me, I would just wear like short shirts. So 
by the time I came back, I started like buying these real short shirts, whereas you could see like the belts that I was wearing along with Vans. <laughs> so I've had just such a number of different ins and outs. And of course now, me, I'm just one of those guys that could throw on some uh, some damn near moccasins and I just like, you know, I just throw, I just wear shirts and it's just a lot of Under Armour because I love wearing Under Armour. The material is just fantastic. Or I wear my suits, basically what's going to be happening this upcoming Monday. Got to teach at a Japanese company. So I'm going to be dressed to impress that day. But nonetheless, oh my God, a story of fashion designs and a lot of other things. I hope you guys really, really enjoyed this one. Um, and I would love to hear from you guys in terms of what do you think about, um, you know, the different trends out there in your country. So with that being said, guys, I would love to hear back from you. Tune into my Instagram. And of course, I am Arsenio, as always, the sexiest man alive. Stay tuned for more. Over and out.